what is up, overstated fam? We kind of got a bonus episode here. There's been a, a couple of, of huge trades that have gone on in the NBA. We're not going to do an introduction. We're going to get right to it. I apologize if my voice is a little sore, but I'm joined with uh, with my two homies, uh, Brett and Jacob. Boys, whew, I'm exhausted already. How are we feeling today, guys? Man, yeah, it's, uh, that was that was quite a day yesterday, and 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 so far today, it seems like it's going to keep going, man. It's it's been wild. It was, yeah. it was, and, and let's, uh, Jacob. We'll, we'll start with you here. Let's kind of go in chronological order. Um, kind of before we started, I was, I was telling, uh, I was telling Jacob that I was hitting the Woj refresh button at work like all day yesterday, just getting more disappointed and disappointed. And then all of a sudden, two hours into it, we had the uh, the Chris Paul deal, which which we've talked about already before. Um, Chris Paul um, went to the Oklahoma City traded Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns, which I think is going to be a just a phenomenal trade for Phoenix. Um, Brett, I saw what you you said. I thought it was, you know, that Phoenix is going to finish no lower than than the fifth seed. I, I loved it. Um, I actually tried getting odds for Phoenix to um, to come out of the West. Uh, it was at plus 4,000 before before the trade. And then, then afterwards, I think they took it down and it's at plus 400. But um, just to, to kind of recap, and Jacob, then we'll get your thoughts. Um, the... Chris Paul and Abdel Nader go to the Suns for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen, I'm going to say this name wrong, Lequeu, Lequeu. and a, a Lequeu, Lequeu, mm-hmm. Lequeu, and a 2022 first round draft pick. So, I mean, Jacob, before we get to Brett, kind of what were your thoughts? We, we talked about this. We kind of, we kind of figured this was going to be the first domino to fall, but now that it's kind of official and uh, Oklahoma City seems to own every single pick known to mankind, except for another team which i'm sure maybe we'll get to i don't know but um what what are your thoughts on this jacob i love it right i am higher on cp3 i think than most people but i think this is a no-brainer for phoenix because you, you saw last year what chris paul did with spare parts you know good to not great players plus some talented youngsters like shay like ludor now you're doing the same thing but instead of Shea and Ludor and Baisley, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Devin Booker, you have Michael Bridges. This is an incredible move. I think it's exactly what, because as much as I love Chris Paul, he is an egomaniac, like a lot of the best players are. But he can fully extend that with these younger players around him. He is the old head. He is the veteran in the room. He can exert that influence. I love the move for Phoenix. I think it's exactly what they need. And they still have a lot of cap room. And there are a lot of forwards and backup big men or wings that they could go after still with that 15 million I think they've got or around 15 million in cap room plus whatever else they can squeeze out that cap experts know more about than I do. I think Phoenix are really, really well positioned going forward now. Yeah, I agree. And Brett, I know you're really high. I mean, I all I kept thinking about was uh, DeAndre Ayton high screen pick and roll with Chris Paul and then mm. Devin Booker out on the out on the oh. wing. Like they're 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 going to be good. And we're going to get to Houston in a little bit because I know like I I think the fire sale is coming on there. But I mean, I think you're spot on, man. I, I think fifth in the West is very doable for Phoenix. I'm I'm really really bullish on them. Yeah, I am too. I mean, like we said on the the pod on. Um, on Sunday when, you know, I, was, I, I had a feeling this was going to happen. I mean, it's just like I said, it was the only thing that really made sense. Like OKC wasn't going to do better than Ubre Rubio and a pick. The only thing is I thought it was going to be the 10th pick in this year's draft. And Phoenix was actually able to keep that. So they could mm-hmm. get a really nice player there. Like just based on the nature of this draft, we're like, yeah, things are a little, little uncertain at the top. 
Um, but when you get into that 10 to 15 range, like you're almost guaranteed to get a really nice player, whether it's like a Sadiq Bay or maybe you can get an Obi Toppin. Like I got him in our mock draft we did, you know, or, or maybe you can get a, um, a nice backup point guard, whether it's like a Kyra Lewis or a Cole Anthony or a Tyrese Maxey. Maxey might be a nice fit there. So they're going to have a lot of options. And, and that that pick, whoever they get, is, is probably going to help them a lot, too. So, I mean, yeah, it's like the, the timing just felt right for this move. Okay, like their rebuild is over. Like they rebuilt. They did it. They got Aiton and they got Bridges in the 2018 draft and traded for Bridges on draft night. And then they drafted Cam Johnson last year. They positioned themselves to be a really good team. Like I, I think they would have made the playoffs last season if it hadn't been for Aiton being suspended for 25 games. You know, they've got the coach they want. Just everything's kind of in place. And, and that that is when you take a big swing. That's when you go all in. And that's what they did with Chris Paul. And yeah, they should still be able to make uh, another a- nice acquisition. They, they're looking really good. So I think I really do think that the fifth seed is is about where I have them now. Uh, now we can talk about Portland a little later and maybe that changes things, too, because I think they're going to be a player, too, now. But yeah, you got, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Warriors, you know, not in no particular order, but those I think are going to be the top four teams in the West. And then I think Phoenix is right there after them. So it's uh, it's a really exciting time for that team. And yeah, look what Chris did with OKC. Like, what's he going to do with these guys? He's just got to stay healthy. Um, he did yeah. last season. So that's encouraging. And I, and I also think this sends a strong, a very, very strong message to to Devin Booker that, that you know, the, the Phoenix Suns are, they're not messing around here. I love it. I love it. And and we're going to talk about Houston in a minute here. But I do want to just one more thing on Oklahoma City. Um, I don't think they're done dealing yet. I, I think they have anywhere. What, what did we see, guys? Like 16 to 17 first-round picks in like the next mm-hmm. six years or something yeah. like that. And it, I kind of posted it uh, yesterday uh, in, in the in the Facebook group that, I mean, they still have Steven Adams making $27.5 million, Danny Green at $15.4 million. Kelly Oubre at $14.4 million, And the one thing that those three guys have in common is they're all on expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think that they're done dealing. I mean, that doesn't mean that these guys are going to get flipped right away. But, I mean, obviously, we all know trade deadline happens. Teams are going to get desperate. Teams are going to try to go all in. Mm-hmm. I really don't think uh, uh, a Sam Presti is done dealing at all. And that's a hell of a haul for, for OKC. I mean, they're, they're in position now. But, you know. The, the draft is um, it's no guarantee. They they do have a lot of picks and they do um, they do have a couple of nice players. But man, that that's that's a hell of a move for OKC. The thing, a hell the, of a move for Phoenix. The thing with them too, with those expirings, is like you know you could just let them expire and then you know you're going to have a, a shitload of cap space for the 2021 free agency. But the only thing is like OKC is not really a free agent destination. Like right. historically, nobody really wants to go there. Like no offense to Oklahoma city. I've never been, but I don't think it's really high on the list of places where players want to live. So like maybe you flip those expirings or some of them um, at the deadline for some assets for some guys that, you know, you can, you can work with longer term. So yeah, I agree, man. I think there's, whether it happens before the season starts or maybe at the deadline, but I think there's still more moves to be made and, and their eyes are just going to be on the future. I, I think with the way the West is shaping up, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't rule out a playoff berth from them, but it, I think it's unlikely at this point. So, yeah, it, especially yeah. when you consider Jacob, and I want to get your thoughts. You consider Brett that that they were they were the eighth best team in the NBA this past season, and they could have ran it back, um, and they just decided to blow it up. I think we're in for a, a pretty, um, you know, a, a two to three year, maybe even four year rebuild here uh, uh, for Oklahoma City. But uh, Jacob, I thought, um, go no, ahead. I, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I was. 
I wasn't sure if you were going to touch on it, Steve, and I was going to bring up before we move on. But yeah, exactly what you said. I think someone like Kelly Oubre, especially, I think at the trade deadline for some of these teams, like um, um, I need to check the um, the draft sheet, see who has late picks, but there will be teams in that kind of 20 to 30 draft range who at the trade deadline will be like, we could push ourselves over the top. Maybe the Lakers aren't looking as spicy as they were last year. Maybe they feel like maybe Denver's feeling themselves and they think we'll trade what's going to be the 24th pick for Kelly Oubre to shore up our wing rotation. I think there will be a lot of suitors for someone like that because he's going to get a lot of room to just play his best basketball in Oklahoma this year. And I think that's going to up his value. I think they are going to be able to get a late pick in the 2021 draft for Kelly Oubre. I think it's just brilliant by Sam. Continue, like, at some point you have to cash these in to become a real good team. But right now, because it's easy to trade when you're trading for future assets, but I think the way Sam Presti's doing it, he's going to have so many bites at the apple. They're going to have a great team in a few years. I I agree. I agree. And now I kind of want to transition into um, Brett's um, other favorite team. Um, I know you're you're a big Portland fan, and I saw this kind of right before I went to bed. Um, uh, um, last night and we'll, we'll get into why my voice sounds the way it does. I'm sure you guys are all, you know, just on pins and needles wanting to hear that. But, um, uh, <laughs> uh, we had, we had another Woj bomb where the Houston Rockets, the, the, the blowout continues. Uh, they sent Robert Covington yeah. to Portland yeah. for Trevor Ariza and the 16th pick in, in Wednesday's draft, as well as a future first round pick. Um, I think this is a hell of a fucking trade for Portland. I, I absolutely love it. I'm uh, Brett. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. Cause I'm sure you got to be, uh, you got, you had to do a couple fist pumps, man. When you saw that come through. Yeah. I'm super excited about Covington to the Blazers. I think he's exactly the type of player that Portland has needed for a really long time. Like we haven't really had a, a competent two way small forward since Batum really. So it's been a while. We've just had kind of all these mediocre guys and bad fits. And I mean, for all that Mello did, you know, he doesn't play a lot of defense. And defense was Portland's biggest weakness last year. They were an awful defensive team. And now all of a sudden, when you put Covington, who's one of the truly elite wing defenders, and a really versatile defender, too, that can protect the rim some. uh, And then you've got Gary Trent's emergence. And then you've got Zach Collins and Nurkic back healthy. And all of a sudden they could have a pretty good defense, maybe league average. I don't know. But anyway, he, he fills a giant hole for them uh, in terms of both just the roster. Like they, they just needed a small forward. Uh, and then also uh, in terms of, you know, his skill set that he provides, that the defense that he provides is, is going to be hugely important for Portland. So I think they got a lot better and I think he was well worth the price uh, of the picks and Ariza. Um, and I think he puts Portland into the mix. I don't know if I'm quite as high on them as I am on Phoenix at this point, but I think they could definitely be maybe a six seed, something like that. So great move. Uh, couldn't be happier about it. And uh, yeah, really excited to see them next season. And then Jacob on the on the flip side, and I'm sure we'll we'll spend a couple minutes on this one. Um, it, it also came out today actually that James Harden is basically has basically instructed the, the the Houston Rockets that he wants to go to Brooklyn. I, I know Philly was in there as well. Um, the fire sale is is, is probably going to continue here. Um, I joked, and I, I'm, like, dead serious about it. Obviously, like, I don't think it's going to happen, but Brooklyn should just say fuck it and trade Kyrie Irving as well and just get James Harden and Russell Westbrook and just reunite Durant, Harden, and Westbrook and just see what happens. Just 
just let's get nuts. Let's get a little crazy. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but Jacob is, what are your thoughts on Houston? I mean, clearly they're, they're going to blow this shit up. I mean, I don't see, unless they get Ben Simmons back. I mean, if I was Houston, I trade Harden and Brett, I want to get your thoughts too. After Jacob, if I was Houston, I, I'd want Ben Simmons and just build build around him, but it, it, it doesn't look like it's going to go that way. Um, so what are your, kind of your thoughts on, on James Harden and what Houston does from here, Jacob? Well, first, just say like what this draft, what this draft, what this um, trade tells me is firstly, Portland are not going anywhere anytime soon. They are all in on Dame going forward. Whether they, whether that means they, you know, they die on that hill, I can tell Portland they're fine. They traded two draft picks for Rocco, which Rocco is great. He's not worth two draft picks for sure. He's a great, but he is exactly what they need. I, that tells me they are just, whatever it means, they're just going to play with Dame. If that means they go his whole career without winning anything, that's fine with them. That's what I, that's what Portland tells me, and that's probably what's going to happen, but it's going to be a wild ride all the way. For Houston, yeah, this was, when I saw the trade, this was the um, the canary in the mine, is what I called it. This is the indicator. You traded maybe your third, fourth, second best player, whatever, for a player who hates Houston, who apparently demanded an apology to come back to Houston. So God knows what kind of toxic environment was going on with Trevor Ariza in Houston or what the hell was going on there and and two draft picks so you're gone like you you you're not trying to win now you're gone James Harden is going to go i think if i was in Houston it would be for Ben Simmons Ben Simmons is what i would be angling for because you're talking about an all nba player he's by far i think the best player they could possibly get back for James Harden i'm really high on him going forward i think his future is super super high like top 50 player of all time level high that's what i would be angling for right now if i'm houston i'd be like right can i go to philly and get something really fucking good i know maury's gonna love that the question is though will harden be able to play real basketball again like will you know harden be able to stop playing maury ball will he be able to stop playing this james harden style Although I think it's it's a good sign as well that they'll be able to get rid of Westbrook and they won't be burdened by the fact they have to get something good back for Westbrook or some kind of star player. Like with my Westbrook for love trade, they don't have to go that route anymore. They can go to the Knicks. They can go wherever and they can be a bit more free with how they deal with Westbrook and what they ask in return for him or what they get in return for him. So I think overall it's what we what we would like to see that they are going to get rid of Harden. They are going to get rid of Westbrook. They are going to blow this shit up. Fatita's going to go broke. You love to see it. I'm, I'm... You love to see it. I love it. I love it. Brett, what are kind of your thoughts on, on, on Houston and kind of where they go from here, where James Harden goes, where Brooklyn goes? I mean, the floor <laughs> is kind of yours here, man. Jump jump around wherever you want. Yeah, it certainly looks like they're looking toward the future. I think this is – we're seeing the beginnings of a rebuild, and and I agree that – Trading away Covington has signified that. Uh, and look, I mean, yeah, Harden wants out. I mean, there's that, that is no secret at this point. He seems determined to get to Brooklyn. Um, so I don't know. Does that make Brooklyn the favorite to land him? I agree. Like, if Ben Simmons was available, like, Houston would be stupid not to take him. I don't know if they would rather not deal with Daryl. Uh, I don't know if Daryl would rather not deal with them. But you have to think Daryl 
would prefer James Harden to Ben Simmons as a fit next to Embiid. Um, But, you know, look, Harden seems determined to get to Brooklyn. Brooklyn does have some young pieces. I think that's the key if you move Harden is you want to get, obviously, some really quality pieces, some really good players back. But you want them to be young because if you're looking toward the future, you know, you're you're starting to acquire some draft picks maybe – you want guys on that timeline. So obviously Ben Simmons would fit that. And then if you look at Brooklyn though, they do have Jared Allen is younger than Jason Tatum. Can you believe that? That's how young he is. <laughs> he's, older he's kind of got like an old school game and the fro and everything, but he's actually younger than Jason Tatum. So he, if you could get him, that's a nice start. And then Levert and, uh, and Dinwiddie, they're not by any means old. I think they're probably both around 25, 26, I think somewhere in there. So I think you'd have to have all three of those guys and then probably like a Torian Prince. And then if you could get a first round pick um, with those guys, like you could do worse for Harden, especially if you're kind of looking toward the future, looking to position yourselves uh, for success a few years down the road. Those aren't the worst pieces and they're, they're young and they're, they're quality players. Uh, so I love it. yeah, this is, it's wild though. I can't believe uh, this is happening. I can and I can't, but it, like it, it sort of seemed inevitable in the back of my mind, but now that it's happening, it's it's crazy. It's been uh, it's been so quick, right? Though, like it's been like nothing. It came from like literally in the space of less than a month, the entire Houston near dynasty has blown up. And you just ever it was just like a slippery slope. It went from okay, D'Antoni's left. Like maybe we could have seen that one coming. Oh shit! Now Maury's gone. Oh now Westbrook's demands the train. Oh now Harden has been angling to get out for a while. What the like? This shit See, man, and, and, yeah, and that's why I said, man, like I, I said this kind of right away. And I, I think all three of us kind of agreed, like Westbrook and James Harden are really good friends. So when the report came out that it was just Russell Westbrook, you know, um, demanding a trade, I'm like, dude, James Harden is, is following him right out the door. Like, mm-hmm. I think these two looked around at the team and they're like, man, uh, we're not going to stay here. I, I really, really, truly believe that. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Harden gets dealt before Westbrook. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, Mark Stein reported that, um, the two teams that have, you know, mild interest are uh, are Charlotte and the Knicks, which which I think we we kind of all knew that. It, it just all depends how much they're going to give up, or maybe, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what, what they do with Westbrook. I mean, Wendy and Zach Lowe said said that there's been you know kind of zero interest from mm-hmm. from a lot of teams. So I don't know what kind of haul Houston's going to get. But yeah, Jacob, you're right. I mean, this this kind of ended fairly quickly and it's it's crazy man it's just crazy but um do you guys there, there was another trade i don't know if you guys knew about this that happened kind of overnight did you guys did you guys know about this what happened well so let me tell you something so i was sitting here going crazy yesterday because usually you know remember last season last off season all this shit happened right away it was like bang 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 and like the first there were two milwaukee bucks moves like wesley matthews uh he declined his option which you know he outperformed his contract that was kind of expected Robin Lopez, when he declined it, I was like, oh, shit, man. Now who, the Bucks aren't going to be able to trade him. Like, what happened? So I went to bed last night just like, man, what the hell? What the hell is going on? I woke up at 4 a.m. to like a bajillion text messages. I checked. I, my buddy was like, bro. I was like, what? Then I checked the group. I checked Twitter. I was like, oh, my God. They actually did it. I, dude, they got. So for those of you that don't know or who live under a rock, the Bucks traded. Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-round draft picks to New Orleans for Drew Holiday. And then on the flip side, they also traded with – they made a trade with the Sacramento Kings. They traded Dante DiVincenzo, who I really like, but I understand why you have to do it 
Urson and DJ Wilson for Bogdan Bogdanovich. And Brett, I thought you nailed it right on the head. I saw your Facebook thing this morning. The world is about to know who Bogdan Bogdanovich is. And this dude is, I mean, this dude is lights out. And he's got, you know, pardon my friends. This dude's got some big balls and he's not afraid of the moment. And I am fucking jacked. Dude, I've been screaming all morning long. Like, this is the type of move that you do, man, when you have someone like Giannis. And like, I, I told you guys a... I think I think about two months ago, I said the Bucks front office. I, I know some friends that work on the on the ticket side for them. They were they're like, dude, no, no, this guy's going to sign. This guy's going to sign. And from everything that we've been hearing now after this deal, it's like just inevitable. Like he's not even gonna he's not even gonna wait till next year. Like he's gonna sign it like in the next couple of days. And I, I'm assuming um, that they're gonna they're they didn't give up that much for Drew Holiday. I know he's got a player option after this season that I think is close to 30 million. So I'm assuming he's going to opt into that, but I'm sure they're going to try to rework on a contract extension with him. And the Bucks' new starting lineup is, is Drew. Now they don't have a bench. They do not have a bench. I think Thanasis is the sixth man right now, which is scary, <laughs> but their starting five is Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Giannis and Brooke Lopez. They have four former all-stars on the team and in plus minus minutes from last year, Giannis was number one, or plus minus, Giannis was number one, Chris Middleton was eight, and Drew Holiday was number 10. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Brett, I know you are an honorary diehard Bucks fan because I made you one. I know you see I'm wearing the old school Bucks hoodie for you today. What are your thoughts, man? Man, I, I think they did exactly what they needed to do. Like, they, the fit is perfect, I think, with both guys. I, where to begin, like... Look, Drew is just a much better version of Eric Bledsoe. I get, you know, because he's an excellent defensive player, but he can do a lot more in terms of um, in terms of creation, and he's better in the pick and roll, and uh, he can shoot a little bit too. Certainly better than Bledsoe. So that that's just an upgrade. It's a big upgrade. That's what it is. And then Bogdanovich is a big upgrade over Wes Matthews. I mean, that kid can play. He came to the league late. He had been playing overseas, obviously. He came to the league when he was 25. Um, this past season was his third year. And he's just been with the Kings. And he's been coming off the bench, mostly. I think he came off the bench for the majority of last season. And so he's just been coming off the bench on a bad team. And I, I just don't think a lot of people have really seen what he can do. But, yeah, he can play, man. And, I mean, he's hit some big shots. I think already in his NBA career he's hit at least three or four game winners, if not more. And then he was kind of known for that overseas as well. Yeah, he's he's not afraid of the moment, like you said. And um, and, and by the way, this went down with, with them arranging this sign and trade before free agency even started. I mean, that signifies that he really wants to be in Milwaukee, right? Like I know he specifically wants to be in Milwaukee, where he didn't even see what other kind of offers he he could have gotten. I don't know if the terms of his contract have been disclosed, um, but I think it's probably going to be around fifteen million. Yeah, and that's what they think. Yeah, that that makes sense based on what you know, Milwaukee sent out. And I mean, I think he may have been able to get more of that from a team like Atlanta or something like that. But th the way that this went down shows that winning is a priority for him. He wants to be in Milwaukee. So that's just a great fit. And he, he really fits them well. I mean, his, his only real weakness would be defense. He's not the worst defender, but look, I mean, look who he's surrounded by. Like that's not going to be oh. an issue in Milwaukee. Oh. That's one of the greatest defensive lineups I've ever seen. So, and then offensively, he can create. He can be the ball handler in a pick and roll as well, where Drew can play off ball. You know, he can shoot it. He's an excellent three point shooter. I think he's about a thirty eight percent three point shooter. He he can he can pass the ball. He's a very good passer. He's just a smart, 
highly skilled offensive player. Offensively, he doesn't really have any weaknesses. Uh, so I think he's just a major upgrade over Wes Matthews. Uh, so their backcourt is looking really strong. And and the thing with Drew is like Drew's been playing more of a two-guard role for the last few seasons. Uh, so he can still do some of that because Bogey has that ability to handle the ball and distribute and play the pick and roll. So, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I People are criticizing them for giving up too many draft picks, but like, I mean, come on. These felt like no-brainer moves based on where they are with Giannis. And look, like it's win-now time. And this is what you do when it's win-now time. You don't worry about 2027 first-round picks. Like, you win now. You win a title, and they're in a position to do that. They are. And I'll get to the picks thing in a minute because I'm with you. But, Jacob, you're, you're, you're the numbers guy. I, wanna, I wanted to drop some numbers on you, which is, which is crazy. So, for the last two years, you know, we, we've heard about the, the Giannis wall. And specifically last year, the Bucks shot a lot of threes. And everybody um, kind of insinuated that, oh, the Bucks shoot a lot of threes. Well, they're a good three-point shooting team. They were not a good three-point shooting team last year. Dante, I love Dante. He was inconsistent. I know they had George Hill, uh, but everybody else on that team, you know, they were running out Kyle Korver. And, and I think, Brett, you had a funny thing during the – Kyle. I love Kyle Korver. He's old as dirt. Like, they were just, they were just an inconsistent three-point shooting team. Jacob, I want to – this is just for you. I pulled this stat up for you. Last season, Eric Bledsoe hit 26.4% of his catch-and-three shooting, three-point attempts, and he was 26% from the corners. Drew Holiday is 36.4% on catch-and-shoot looks, and he's 41% from the corner. As Brett said, Bogdan, he shoots about 38% from three. That is how you beat a wall right there. Because now they have shooting at at least their starting lineup. We don't know what the bench is going to look like. But at least their five starters – now you actually have shooting guys that can actually make shots all over the court for Giannis. And if, yeah, you can have that wall there. And again, I think, you know, Giannis criticism aside, I still think he's got to get a little bit of a go-to move and he's got to be able to shoot free throws. But I mean, how, okay, you're going to build the wall. Here's Brook in one corner. Here's, here's Drew in another corner. Here's Bogdan on the wing and here's Middleton on the wing. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. It's it's not just that. It's the, all the all those players now, with the exception of Brooke, who, yeah, is, is one of the... I mean, he was inconsistent last year, but has proven over the last couple of years to be one of the better shooting big men in the league. Apart from him, everyone else can go off the dribble. Everyone else can attack. If they do build that wall, it, you can start playing Giannis off ball. And that is yeah. terrifying for them. Now, and yeah, like you say, like I did a little... A mini deep dive into these guys and yeah the way i would describe it i would say um drew is probably the best passer if bledsoe drew and um bogdan i would say bledsoe is the best passer i I think actually yeah like you said brett i echo what you said that i think um drew is just a better version of basically every way he's just a bit better at everything and that adds up to being a lot better as an overall player. The only thing I could find that I think Bledsoe is actually better than him at is attacking the rim, which is also a bit of a redundant skill set when you've got maybe the best rim attacker in NBA history, apart from like Shaq. So you have, it's just an incredible value. And then Bogdan is just what a signing. Because yeah, like you say, he is so well-rounded offensively. I think in a lot of ways, I think there is a, depending on who they sign, with their mid-level, tax mid-level or whatever it is, with their um, minimum contracts. Because don't forget as well, now, apart from like the Lakers, as the incumbent champions, 
Milwaukee has to be seen as the second best destination for the vet minimum ring chaser player. Like now, you are going to get some good value minimum contracts coming to Milwaukee to fill out that bench. I wonder if you would move Bogdan into the Ginobili role almost as a sixth man, come off the bench to, you know, when Giannis is resting for those 18 minutes, say, when Giannis is on the bench, Bogdan is the one running the offense. I think that's very, very likely as a possibility. And I think that really would bolster the offense because Bogdan is such a good player. And this is just, it's a terrifying move. It's, I don't know if, because Giannis is almost, almost without question, Giannis is not only the best player in the East, he's like a, a tier above. Like whoever you want to say is the second best, whether you want to say that's Embiid or Butler, or maybe it's going to be Tatum next year or the year after. It's it's a it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Well, well, I'm Jack and, and and Brett. I want to get your thought. You know, going back to you here is you know we had heard again these were just rumors. These aren't facts, but you know Boston was in on Drew Holiday. You know they were looking at possibly trading Kemba Walker or something like that. You know Washington, and this is the benefit of what the Bucks did. You know I, I'm pretty sure that that Bradley Beal is unavailable. Even if Milwaukee would have made that offer, I think Washington still says no to that just because of how much they've said that they value Bradley Beal. But what's it going to take if you're a, a Eastern Conference team to try and get Bradley Beal? That that offer just skyrocketed based on what the Bucks just did. Mm-hmm. And like in Philly, what how, what is Philly going to do now? Obviously, we just talked about, you know, is it going to be James Harden? But if it's not James Harden, then what? I, I think Milwaukee, again, a lot can happen. They still have to finish their, uh, you know, figure out their bench thing. But I think as far as five starters now, yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody that that is better one through five than Milwaukee is. Now, obviously, you have Durant and Kyrie in, in, in Brooklyn. I'm not saying that, you know, those two, I think, are just a cut above Giannis and Middleton. But, I mean, this is just like, hey, Middleton, if Middleton or Giannis have an off night, you know, there's Drew Holiday and there's Bogdan, where before one of those two had to have been on just to have a shot. And if they were both off, that was a wrap. They were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, that that's the big thing with them is going to be filling out the bench. Like, it's not – like, they've got the important part out of the way. Like, seriously, like, if you've got that starting five, you know, as as long as they can stay healthy, you, you know, you're going to be really good. But but you got to get some pieces for the bench. And I've heard a couple of different things. I'm not a cap expert by any means. Like, they have the non-taxpayer – mid-level but they can't use all of it because then they wouldn't have enough to even fill out the rest of their roster with minimum contracts so i'm i think that they might have like maybe six million of it to use so you know you might be able to get somebody decent like one more really solid player and then it's just going to be all minimum contracts well i have a list for you brad i have a list for you actually i do i do so so Woj, I was telling uh, Jacob right before we started that Woj said something uh, on Sports Center this morning. I don't know if anything has changed that they do have enough money here left over that they can kind of figure out their way. They have to do some financial gymnastics, but I don't think myself or anybody saw this trade coming. So I'm sure they have some sort of a plan. But you know, some vet minimum guys that they could possibly get. You know, we have Paul Millsap, Jeff Jeff Teague. One of the Morris twins, Courtney Lee, Mo Harkless is probably going to command too much money. Mm-hmm. You have DJ Augustin, Augustine, Mark Bellinelli, Rajon Rondo, maybe, maybe your boy Brett Carmelo Anthony. They they can also get Alex Burks. I think they're going to 
they're going to have an interesting time filling out this roster again. I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't think that they're done yet. I think the the priority is, is that they want to re-sign Wes Matthews and maybe maybe uh, Jacob, to your point, Wes Matthews con- continues to start at the two guard and with maybe playing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game and Bogdan kind of is the, you know, plays the starter minutes off the bench. I'm doing air quotes there, yeah. but it's going to be fascinating the next couple, couple of days to watch this team fill out this roster. Yeah, it is. It is. They'll figure it out. I mean, it may not be pretty some of it. Uh, and then what about, um, can they buy second round picks? Because I know yeah, yeah. that I think that's all they're going to do. That, yeah. Right. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, buying a couple of second round picks because those guys will be, um, you know, minimum contracts, obviously uh, won't count very much against their cap. And in this draft, like there's kind of some interesting players you could maybe get in the second round that could actually help you this season. Like some older guys, whether it's like a Malachi Flynn or like a uh, Grant Riller, if, if one of them is in the second round or like a Killian Tilly, just there's going to be some solid players available in the second round. So I think, I think they'll look to go that way as much as possible anyway. Yeah, and we just saw that, you know, Rodney Hood, who was coming off an Achilles injury, he declined his his six million player option with Portland. That's maybe he wants to sign for the vet minimum. You know, I and bet on himself kind of similar to what, what Wes Matthews did. I, I mean, I think there's gonna be a lot of they're gonna have a lot more options. And like you said, Brett, you can buy second round picks. I mean, I know it's one out of, you know, probably a hundred or one out of a thousand, but Malcolm Brogdon was a second round pick who the Bucks did pick and he was rookie of the year. You you, you can find Draymond Green was a second. Oh yeah, pick. you know mm-hmm. you 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 you're going to be able to find some value here, and I think that's all they're going to do. And to to everybody that is all these gurus and all these people, yeah, you know they're, they're probably smarter than we are, but you know, well, probably not smarter than YouTube, definitely smarter than me. But oh, I can't believe they gave up three first round picks. First of all, outside of like 2001, 2000, 1999, the Milwaukee Bucks were irrelevant going back since the 80s. If the Bucks lost, yeah, we've been irrelevant except for the last three years. If the Bucks lose Giannis, they're going to be irrelevant again. You have to overpay to get somebody to 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 sign here, which which they've done. They haven't drafted well, and they kind of you know that's that's a knock that you can give on them. But what what like to your point, Brett? What else were they supposed to do? You have Giannis. You have this window. By doing all this stuff, it's clear to me that they they think that they have a three to five year window, and they're going to go for it. And that's what you should do. Yeah. You, we we saw in the playoffs two straight years they they tried going with depth. They tried having oh. You know, their options open and, you know, Toronto aside last year, last year was eye opening and they just got their fucking asses kicked. Mm-hmm. So good for them. I don't know what everybody is. These three draft picks that are or these three first round picks that are going to be what between 25 and 30 anyways. Like who, who cares at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? That's what I'm saying. Who gives a fuck? And the, no one's coming to Milwaukee. Anymore. And then the other, then it was a couple of swaps as well. Right. I mean, is New Orleans going to be better than the Bucks anytime soon? Like, I, I don't, I doubt it. So those, I don't think those are going to be significant either. And like, okay, maybe I think what was was the twenty twenty seven the the furthest out. Uh, the first yeah, round? I think it, I think so. It was, okay, I think it might be twenty twenty seven or twenty twenty. Right. So I think it's maybe maybe that ends up being a really good pick. But I mean, come on, well, you can't worry about that right now. It's time to win. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? No. Yeah. I mean, this is this is. I mean, I'm totally on board. I do think in a vacuum. Drew Holiday is not worth three picks more than no, so no, in a vacuum. No. no, I agree. But like you're saying, Steve, you have Giannis. You've waited 50 years to get a player as good as Giannis. Since you had Kareem, you waited 50 yeah. years for this. What are you just going to let him walk? No, you go, you're going to overpay. You go all in now, and they have such a good like We've done all this. 
we've not even touched on Chris Middleton, who was amazing oh. in the playoffs and is, I think he's in a perfect spot, but he is right now a top 25, 30 player in the league minimum. And you think like what they can fill out that roster with, like they don't have to go out there and look for a do it all wing. They don't have to go out there and look for, you know, they can they can look specifically in the G League in the second round for specific skill sets from supporting players because they have players who are so well-rounded in Drew and Bogdan and Middleton and Giannis and Brook now. They have so much skill in that starting five that, yeah, you don't need to. You can you don't have to, you know, go for twos. You can just, you know, bat, go for a one, get the first base on all these you know, you don't, you don't, no more home run picks. You've, you've played your cards yeah. now. Just, just try to make simple moves now to fill out this roster because the talent is there and no one can, I don't think there is a team in the league right now that can actually match their one through five talent. So just, just go for it. Just, this is it. Well, and, and the good part is I was joking with Brett is, you know, fucking Mike Booneholzer, you'd be like in the playoffs. Like I, I was joking, but I'm kind of like serious. I think John Horse was like, Hey man, no more going, no more playing nine guys in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> you see, you see Jimmy Butler playing 38 minutes. Yeah, yeah, Giannis, Middleton, Drew, like, you know, that's going to be you guys. You like, there's no excuses anymore. And, and I love it. I love that they finally went all in. Like, and I agree with you, Jacob. I think Chris Middleton has the potential to have, I don't know if he will. I'm not saying I would bet on it, but he's going to guarantee to have just as good of a season as he did this past year. I mean, especially with Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday is like, if you combine, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill together. I mean, the deep, there's no, you don't lose anything defensively. And to me, you mentioned Middleton. I think the biggest key here is that they didn't have to give up Brooke Lopez just for defensive purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still going to have to battle Boston. You're still going to have to battle Philly. And they still got that guy, and their defense is not going to miss a beat at all. I am, dude, I've been screaming and fist pumping like I'm from the Jersey Shore all (laughs) guy. This is just awesome. It is. This, I mean, obviously, yeah, the bench, super, super concerning. Like, they got to figure that out. But right for right now, man, like uh, you guys said, one through five, dude, it, yeah. you can't ask for much more. And like you said, man, there's there's going to be a lot of guys that want to go there, whether it's veteran ring chasers or just people that want to be part of a good culture. Or, and there's just some quality players out there. Like, Austin Rivers was a minimum player mm-hmm. this past season. Like, what if you could get, you know what I mean? A guy like that, like, he's a good yeah. NBA player. There's a lot of good players on minimums. And then, you know, they play well maybe, and then they get a better contract on their next one. But there's going to be those guys cropping up in this free agency class that are going to have a nice season for you guys on the minimum. So I don't think it'll be an issue getting guys to come there. It'll it'll be a little tricky, but they'll figure it out. They know what they're doing. And um, congrats, man. Seriously, that's how I pictured you was just fist bumping and yelling and screaming. Yeah. And- <laughs> they did they did everything, you know, when we kind of did that, that, uh, that gone fishing episode with Milwaukee. These are the things that we – identified that they that they should get and we thought maybe maybe they get one but to get two of the things that they desperately needed mm-hmm. and again man if if, if Giannis is going to resign and, and that's a done deal so you and then they do something with Drew Holiday I'm assuming that they're going to work something out with Drew Holiday again I can't even if they don't this year I can't imagine him opting out of 30 million dollars you know what I mean like we just saw DeRozan Jacob's favorite player Andre Drummond all those guys had a similar <laughs> player option that they opted into i can't see him see him opting out man like i just they like john horse man you draft like shit but you you know how to do trades man and you know how to sign free agents that that's it man i mean that's that's all i got dude i'm just fucking on cloud nine it's 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 a beautiful day to be in milwaukee
Well, it's kind of shitty, man. It's like 15 degrees <laughs> now, but I mean, you know, I, I think that mm-hmm. the Bucks just started an arms race and it's going to be fucking fascinating. Yeah, to watch. I got posted yesterday. This could end up being one of the craziest off seasons ever. Like, look what's happened in just like days, day one. Like, holy shit. And then, yeah. and that's not even, that we're not even at the draft and then we're not even at free agency. Like, it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's insane. Like, yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the thing that really I think is insane about this off season is that we're talking about a draft where there's no clear number one. There's no Zion. There's no Cat, no Simmons, no AD. We talk about the free agency class. Who's the best player in this free agency class? Like Gallo, Fred Van Vliet, Christian Wood. Like, does it, really, it doesn't really matter. That's the type of top quality we're talking about. And this could be one of the most insane off-seasons ever. With these kind of these third best players on a championship team getting moved around these really good because there are so many good teams right now in the league there's the lakers clippers bucks boston miami you can go down the list denver golden state these guys are all going to be moving around that three to five man in the rotation roles they're going to be bolstering it there's so many guys like that that are in free agency that are in the draft we talk about this being a deep draft it's also a deep free agency class there's about 50 guys in this free agency class that could fill that third best player on a championship team role down to that eighth best player on a championship team role. Someone is going to nail this free agency and someone is going to build a real strong team. And it might have already been the Milwaukee Bucks. I love it. I love it. And you know what, man? Maybe this puts pressure on Denver to trade Michael Porter Jr. for Bradley Beal. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. I, yeah. I, I, I have no idea. But, well, And then one other thing too is like, um, you know, we've had all these teams that sort of seem determined to save cap space for next off season. But now that it looks like Giannis is probably most likely in Milwaukee for the long haul, maybe some other teams start getting a little more, you know, willing to spend here. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you see a team like Miami just say, fuck it. We're probably not going to get Giannis. Um, let's extend Bam. Let's get Gallinari or, you know, something like that. And and then they start stocking up a little bit. So it, it could be like a, a major ripple effect from this Bucks. From, from what they did and uh, other teams might, might be a little more aggressive. So yeah, it's all going to contribute to the madness and I'm here for all of it. And, uh, and, <laughs> and our podcast is here for all of it. I'm sure we're going to have quite a few more of these little uh, emergency bonus episodes, whatever you want to call them in the, in the coming oh, week or so. Today would be the day if we could do a video. Cause when I was talking, I know like I'm trying to like temper my voice cause we have to be professionals, but I am doing like 15 fist bumps, like every five minutes. Like I'm just going <laughs> fucking nuts. dude. This is, this is awesome. This never happens to Milwaukee, and I, I, I'm just jacked. And I, I, I'm so happy I get to share it with you both. But uh, that's that's gonna do it for us three. I'm sure we're gonna have a couple more emergency pods. So, so stay tuned. And uh, yeah, you can find us at the Overstated NBA Group on Facebook, and obviously like, subscribe, uh, follow us, uh, follow us on this podcast. We appreciate everyone, appreciate the support for everyone. And yeah, I, I gotta end it with this, boys. Bucks and six, baby. Let's go. Thank you.